I was having a conversation recently with a CEO who was talking about some really big moves within his organization. And one move in particular was really going to stretch one of his best people. The new role was going to require a level of hand-holding with stakeholders that definitely did not come natural for his brilliant, highly efficient manager. Without really thinking about it, I just blurted out, he's going to need to learn the art of diplomacy. Now, inwardly, I was struck by how easily that just fell out of my mouth. So much so that I actually spent the next few days really chewing on this idea. In all honesty, it painfully reminded me that some of my biggest stumbles that I've had in my own life, both personal and professional, were the times when I failed to be diplomatic in tenuous situations. And that got me thinking, what does it really mean to be diplomatic, to behave like a diplomat? I mean, think about it. We've had world-class diplomats for eons, and we can easily throw around the idea of being diplomatic, but do we really know what all that entails practically in everyday interactions? So I did what I love to do. I, I researched it. I consumed a ton of information, most of which turned out to be far more specifically political than I really care about. But I also came across a large range of definitions on diplomacy. BYU communications professor Corey Leonard points out that diplomacy sounds sort of fancy pants, like people in elegant clothes clinking glasses at elite gatherings and far-off embassies. Napoleon, Bonaparte, not dynamite, called diplomacy policy in grand costume. Civil War-era writer Ambrose Bierce called it the patriotic art of lying for one's country. And 1920s sports writer Walter Trumbull said, it's the art of saying, nice doggy, until you can find a rock. But the definition that I like is from a group called School of Life. They say, quote, diplomacy is the art of advancing an idea or cause without unnecessarily inflaming passions or unleashing a catastrophe. I think the operative word there is unnecessarily, which really describes my own failings in this area over the years. And that's really sad because I know that diplomacy requires having a pretty decent understanding of human nature. And since I'm a lifelong student of human behavior, I'm even a certified trainer in the DISC personality profile. You'd think that I'd have this down pat by now, but I still occasionally stumble in ways that can really undermine agreement and stoke the fires of conflict, which is the exact opposite of diplomacy. So what is everyday diplomacy and how does it work to keep the flames of conflict from getting out of control? I think there are at least three critical areas in the art of everyday diplomacy. And in order to give each of these three the proper amount of attention, I'm going to make this a three-part series. So here's the first of three critical areas in the ART, art of everyday diplomacy. A is for active listening. It's been said that personal broadcasting has replaced the art of conversation. Silence has become a scarce resource, and we've actually forgotten how to listen. That's probably all fairly true. One of the textbooks in the marketing section of my personal library is on marketing communications. And the book itself opens up with this lovely technical theoretical definition of communication, something about sending and encoding and decoding and blah, blah, blah. 
Now, if you can get past the academic jargon, the bottom line is that hearing and listening are not the same thing. In Matthew 13, 9, Jesus said to the crowd, Anyone who has ears should listen. And when his disciples asked Jesus why he spoke to the crowd the way he did, Jesus replied, They look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Hearing always happens passively, even subconsciously, but listening, that's active. It requires attention and effort. And active listening requires even more effort because it requires that we do more than just plan what we're going to say next. Proverbs 18.13 says, The one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and a disgrace for him. In active listening, you have to observe. What sort of facial expressions accompany what's being said? What, what's the body language saying? What gestures are being used? And then you have to demonstrate that you're actually paying attention by allowing yourself to get physically involved in what the speaker's saying. Nod your head. Use facial expressions like raising your eyebrows or smiling. Give verbal cues that you're actually tracking with the speaker. My youngest child, my daughter, recently competed in a regional speech and debate tournament that was held in Louisiana, and she learned really quickly how important active listening can be. In some cases, the judges were active listeners, but in others, those judges were like stone-cold statues. And she was flummoxed by how much more difficult it was to communicate when it felt like the judges weren't actively listening to her. Take it from me. Without learning the art of everyday diplomacy, you'll most likely stumble every single time you need to have a difficult conversation with someone. But learning to engage in active listening is the perfect place to start. Now, go stick the landing.